don't know what day it is anymore. And I'm not saying that to sound cliche, but like every day that I've woken up this week, I'm like, I legit do not know what day of the week we are on. Um, today is Thursday. I thought it was Wednesday when I woke up. Um, and I was wrong, but it's all pointless and it means nothing. Who cares? So happy Quarren day. Whoops. We're every day is scarier than the next. So I'm in my car today recording this podcast uh, because Kyle is, well, working from home as he does every fucking day. And it's hot as shit outside. So recording on my my back patio is not a great option. Uh, lest, lest I want to, you know, die of a heat stroke, maybe. At the very least, my all my fabulous makeup would melt off my face, and we can't have that. So I'm in my car. Watch this be the best audio that I've ever had. Or the worst. Remains to be seen. We will find out. So yeah, I don't have any fucking idea what day it is. Um, I don't care. I'll be honest, and I don't want this to sound... I don't want this to sound, like, obnoxious and braggy, but I've actually had, like, a lovely week. <laughs> um... It's been pretty, you know, and I hate to say this, I'm not like, I don't think I'm a superstitious person, but what I have, what I am is like an observant person. And I have observed that when I am too happy or contented that then there's something very bad looming around the corner. So like, yikes, but at the risk of, um, something tragic happening to me next week. The reality is, is I have had a pretty nice week. Um, we've things with the studio are kind of like running well, um, which I am very fortunate for. And, um, I've done some awesome workouts. My fucking sleep has been off the charts, like in terms of good, according to my whoop, you know, I actually was just listening to a podcast where they were talking about cabin fever and just how how you people are dealing with stress during, during this like more isolated time. And they were talking about your lymphatic system. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure what that is. The word lymph is in it. Uh, actually it's the word lymphatic. (laughs) I know that there are lymph nodes. I know we have a lymphatic system. I don't know what the lymphatic system does but I'll bet you it's important. Um, if it's like our solar system, it is very confusing and scary. But, um, I guess if you are experiencing like more vivid dreams than normal, it is a part of like your lymphatic systems response system or response. Yeah. Mechanism, whatever. Suffice it to say, I'm gonna say like I'm saying that I'm sleeping pretty well, but like the reality is I'm having crazy dreams. Anybody else? You have a fight or flight response system to things that are stressors or triggers. So you're either going to put up your dukes. Sorry, let me just get comfortable in my car. <laughs> I'm, moving. I'm moving the seat back because I'm so close to my phone and I'm like it's not a cute angle. Um fight or flight system or flight or flight response. So you're, when you are faced with a stressor, you are going to react one of two ways. You're either going to put up your dukes, you know, uh, 
and then you're going to fight that, that situation, get in the face of, um, you know, somebody in, in the grocery store who's stealing or not stealing, but like loading up their cart with excessive amounts of toilet paper. You're going to get in their face and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Right? Like you're going to go Melissa style basically. Or, um, if the threat is so great that fighting might actually push you in more danger then you would flee the situation. Um, so I think everybody understands that concept. I don't know why the fuck I just wasted my breath explaining it to you, but I think that's part of what your lymphatic system is, is all around or something. So basically because of the stress of coronavirus being something that we can't see, there's so much that's unknown. Um, and we are, we are intentionally social distancing and we don't have answers as in terms of like how long that's going to go on. You're, you're, um, constantly on alert in a way that you're not normally like you might hear a loud thud and that kind of triggers you to have a reaction. But like, if you're otherwise sitting at home and Netflixing and chilling, like your body is, is at rest truly. And so the, the fear of these stressors is very, very minimal. Well, not the case right now. So even if like you are getting quote unquote good sleep because like you're sleeping a lot or maybe you feel like you're sleeping hard or whatever, maybe your fucking whoop is telling you that you're 95% recovered like six days in a row. Um, it might not necessarily be what it seems. So I'm having crazy fucking dreams and I'm not going to bore you because frankly, I don't remember them. And also I have the wherewithal and the respect for people to know that nobody gives a fuck about my dreams. I don't give a fuck about your dreams. We should all just agree to this. Um, it's just a filing system. Your brain is just filing shit away and that's it. It doesn't make any sense. So, um, you know, I've had a good week in the sense that like I've been getting eight hours ish of sleep and allegedly again, according to my whoop, I'm getting quality enough sleep that I'm getting like recovered in a way that allows my body to, you know, heal and do all of its things, whatever. So, and I've made some good food. Like it's been a pretty good week. I really, I feel, I really feel like I'm bragging, but maybe I am. Maybe I am. I don't care. I fucking deserve it. It's been a very, very rough month and it well, really it's been a rough year so far, so it's fine. Like I get I deserve this. And it's the little things too, you know. It's like you have to really just learn to be grateful for things that are maybe kind of like like, like not superficial, but just things that like you just don't think about. Um whether it's like, oh, I feel very grateful that I love my home, you know, that's not the case for everybody. I mean, it wouldn't have been the case for me just a couple of years ago when we were living in a temporary apartment, building our house like that would have been miserable or like, I feel grateful that, um, you know, we are still, we still have jobs. Like there's, there is, it's, it's kind of a good exercise in practicing gratitude. Um, I gotta say, I gotta say, I am actually really impressed with at least of the people that I choose to pay attention to on Instagram and social media. I'm pretty impressed with how much people are actually prioritizing their health. Um, I think early on, a lot of people were just going balls deep into drinking you know, thinking like, oh, fucking spring break as a 36 year old. Like, when does that ever happen? It doesn't unless, you know, 
unless your name is like Chad and um, you live in your parents' basement and you own a couple pairs of jorts, like you're not doing spring break past the age of maybe 25. I'll give you 26. Just, just a little bit, but like, it just doesn't get to happen. So I think all of us as adults, like real adults with jobs and retirement plans and mortgages and shit like that, like this notion that, oh my God, we have a responsibility free week. Like, holy fuck, I'm just going to get black out. Um, so I think that the, the, the novelty of that has worn off. And at least again, of the people that I'm sort of paying attention to, I feel like I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of you guys. I'm proud of you for, um, making healthy food choices, working out. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know there's plenty of lazy fucks out there. Listen, I deal with them all the time. We've talked about this. People that don't want to work out now, people that are not going to work out for even 30 minutes a day, now, when they got nowhere to be, they can do so much fitness for free, or at the very least, very, very inexpensively. These people who still won't work in, a, in the middle of a fucking global pandemic, in which if your immune system is even mildly compromised, your chances of dying from this goddamn flu go up exponentially. Like, if that, if that happens to you, if you're in that, and we all are, and yet you still don't make 30 minutes to work out, you're fucked. You fucked, you fucked, you fucked. You don't deserve fitness. And, and, and fuck you. Honestly, that's a drain on our society and our system and our resources. I don't know about, I don't know what this makes me politically. Um, I'm quite apathetic politically, just because I think it's all terrible. Anyone that wants to run for an elected office, particularly that of government. Oh, my phone's getting too hot. Shoot. My phone's too hot to use. Hold on. I've got to turn my car on. (laughs) Like I said, I'm sitting in my car and the AC, um, turned off. So that's, that's cool. Okay, well, some of this is not going to be on a video, which is really a shame because I look very cute. Turning the AC on, tucking the phone away to cool down will BRB on the video. But any anyone that wants to run for an elected office, especially the president, ultimately is a sadistic, sadistic? <laughs> A statistic and a sadist, all in one, is a, is a sadistic, God, why, I can't stop saying it. Anyone that wants to run for fucking president is a sadistic, uh, fucking power-hungry motherfucker. Uh, you're not well, bitch. So I just kind of think that anyone who runs for political office is fucked in the head. So you really, I don't think you can trust any of them. Does this make me a libertarian? I think it does. I'm not really sure what libertarians are into. I think they're into nothing, you know, like very minimal government. And I guess I would be, I guess I am, you know, I mean, I think there's some good things that government does to some degree. For example, I own a small business. They signed the CARES Act a week or so ago, which is offering all kinds of different relief packages, but that's, 
and, and that was great. You know, like there's a lot of assistance that we are still in the process of hoping to, you know, try to get our hands on. Um, but at the same time, it's still fucked because it's ultimately the government and like, there's a million forms to fill out and the people don't even know what forms they need. And it's all very confusing. So, you know, they're trying their best, but also doing their worst because that is the motto of the government. Anyway, what was I, why did I bring that up? who knows? Um, vote this year. <laughs> Get out and vote. <laughs> that's, that's my PSA. Um, what else? But what was I saying about that? Um, this is so fucking boring when I just go totally brain dead. Oh, by the way, apparently like brain fog and losing trains of thought and stuff that is also a response from your lymphatic system being under duress. So Really, I'm just, I'm very, I'm a lot more stressed than I am letting on, I guess. Um, oh, but I was talking about the strain. I know what it was. A strain on the resources. If you're not working out, I mean, look, fitness is not the only way to like be healthy, but I'll tell you what, it's a very important way. You can definitely think about like controlling your weight with your diet, but weight alone is not the key determinant. Uh, determinant? That feels good. That, I like it. I don't know if it's a word, but I like it as a word. So I'm going to use it. Um, but I think weight's not like the determining factor in all the elements of your health, right? Like you've got internal organs, you've got blood pressure. Um, if you don't have lean muscle mass in your body, you're missing out on a lot of good things. From so it's like, there's all these reasons why you want to work out that have nothing to do with your, like maybe your your aesthetics. You work out because it's like, um, I don't know, like a fucking savings account. Maybe it's like insurance or something. Like you, you do a little bit all the time for big outcomes that you can't necessarily see later. So if you haven't figured out how to make that a priority for yourself in this pandemic, then you're fucked. And quite frankly, you just, you don't deserve health. So that's sad to me, you know, that there are people in the world who just still refuse to understand the importance of regular fitness and their routine in this environment. It's baffling. And I mean, look, this may be an unpopular opinion or a controversial thing to say, but why would I let that stop me? Um, I feel like if you don't get it now, then you deserve to get sick. You really do. So good luck with that. Let's switch gears though, because in the last couple of episodes, I haven't really been talking much, uh, that much about health and you know, that that's right. Bitches is nothing. If not, you know, a top tier health and wellness media organization. Um, that's really just about being a better you like at all times. <laughs> Um, I'm a mess, but I really do like to talk about that because, um, it's just stuff that I'm interested in and I feel like, Oh God, why the fuck is this guy pulling up next to me? I am parked. I am parked behind a Starbucks. Oh, it's the guy that works at Starbucks. Okay. That makes sense. I was like, I'm parked behind the Starbucks and, uh, and like I'm out of the way cause I don't want like people to fucking drive up on me while I'm here. Uh, cause I don't, I don't, I don't know why, but like, even though I'm very showy and extroverted, like when I'm 
filming myself or like taking photos of myself. I don't want for people. I know it's embarrassing. I am embarrassed enough for myself that I don't need witnesses to the matter. So he's driving off. So that was weird. I'm like, I recognize that guy because um, he makes my drinks. He's, he's just driven off to a different parking spot himself. Oh my God. What if he has a podcast and he needs to record it in privacy? <laughs> Anyway, I, um, I am fine to embarrass myself in the privacy of my own company, but doing it with an audience, I mean, an audience is different than a person walking through the parking lot. You feel what I'm saying? Are you catching what I'm throwing down? Um, okay. But I, I want to talk about a little bit of health stuff because it is something that, that is part of the reason for this podcast. Um, so I was talking earlier about I'm I'm impressed with so many of the people that I'm following that seem to be taking their health and their fitness seriously or at least doing some things on a regular basis. But I realized too that there are people that have a hard time motivating themselves or you know we we don't know how long the quarantine parameters will be in place blah blah blah. Like like I guess what I'm saying is I can understand that you might feel a little mm, bored or unmotivated um, or whatever. And so I have an idea for if you're feeling like that um, or if you're just the kind of person that needs some type of external challenge to get yourself going, I have an idea for you. So um, for the last 51 days, technically 50 today's 51st days 51st day but for almost 2 months now i have been doing i've just been not even i didn't even talk about it i just like fucking started it but i've been doing a 100 days of movement challenge and it's exactly what it sounds like so for 100 days in a row um the challenge is to get 20 minutes of movement in of some kind so it could be a walk it could be low impact stuff yoga um I think even like foam rolling kinds of things and mobility work would count, but obviously like a real workout would be, a, did you see the guy? If you're watching the video, you just saw the guy. You just saw the guy. That was him. That, oh my God. <laughs> he parked so far away and now he's walking in and I feel like he only parked that far away because of me. I feel bad, but at the same time, it doesn't make sense. There's a whole row of parking spots. I don't know what happened there, but if you're watching on video, you just saw it. And I am, uh, I am like, oh, it feels so weird. Okay. So I'm doing this hundred days of movement challenge. And you know, I thought I'm like, oh, that's not a big deal. I work out a lot. I work out five to six times a week. I can do that. Whatever. No problem. Well, we're 50 days in and like, I'm going to tell you, it's not easy. It's easy in the sense that, you know, I work out five and six times a week, but it's that like that sixth or that seventh day when normally I would just do nothing. You know, I, when I rest, I, I genuinely rest. I don't try and do like a, an active rest day. There are days where my days are busy enough that I'm like, I don't really have the time and the bandwidth to do an exercise. So I just like don't do anything. But I'll tell you, those days where I'm otherwise doing a rest day, having to like, like really put effort into doing something for 20 minutes, it is a challenge. Mostly on those days, I'll walk because I don't know what else to do. <laughs> I don't really love, I don't, I don't know. It's not that I don't like yoga. It's just... 
I don't love yoga, you know? And like, I do enough stretching as part of my workouts that I don't feel like I really need to do yoga to get stretched out. You know, like I'm doing enough stuff that yoga just doesn't, it just doesn't, it just doesn't, um, what's the expression? Wet my whistle, (laughs) slap my fanny. I don't know. It's just not, it doesn't, it doesn't get me going. So that's not what I choose to do, but you could. Um, so usually on those days I will walk. Um, yeah, I mean, let's see, that's 10 weeks. Cause if I work out every, if I let's yeah, five to six times a week, then that's one day a week and it's 50 days. I don't know why I'm like 10. To, I don't know. It's like eight weeks worth or something. So like I've gone on eight walks that, that does sound pretty, actually pretty right. So, but today, okay. So anyway, I'm kind of like, I'm fucking rambling. What's new? Um, I need like, I feel like I need guests. <laughs> I think we're at the time. I need a little more structure to these podcasts. Um, if you're listening, thank you. And I'm sorry. Where can I send your edible arrangement? Because I, I send my condolences for the time that I have wasted <laughs> on your behalf. Um, I'm doing this movement challenge because I thought initially I was like, that seems like it's pretty easy. But what I have realized is actually not as easy as I thought on those days that I would not normally be doing anything, but I'm already at the halfway mark. Yesterday was my 50th day. So I have another 50 days to go. Today would be a day I would normally take off and not do anything, but I actually found a workout on Instagram. Uh, that's like an upper body thing. It's Whitney Simmons. I love her. She's really cute. Um, if you need some people on Instagram to follow, if you want a little inspiration, she's really, really cute. I don't like, I don't like die for Whitney Simmons the way that I die for Natasha Ossian. Ugh, love her, but she's Whitney Simmons is very cute. And so she has this like upper body strength workout, I think is what it's called, but it's all just like body weight. So I was like, okay, that looks like that's kind of chill. So I'm going to do that today. And then I'm going to do some foam rolling cause I do need it. But here's where I'm going with this. I, out of nowhere, I was just like, Oh, I'll just do this challenge. Cause like, why not? You know, I work out so much as it is that it's like enough, like working out a certain number of times isn't really a stretch for me. It's not like, it's just, doesn't get my motor going. My doesn't rev my motor. That's the expression I was looking for. Uh, that's just not enough for me. I want to do things that feel, um, fresh and new and different or challenge me or make me develop new skills or something like that. So I'm looking, so I'm, where I'm going with this is if you are finding it's either getting a little bit tired, whatever your fitness routine is, or, you're lacking the motivation to get going, start with something that gives you a new way of looking at a goal. You know, a goal does not have to be, I want to lose 10 pounds or the goal does not have to be, I want to work out five times a week. Those are pretty, I mean, those are fine and they're a great place for some people to get started. But especially if you've been working out for a while, you may need something new and fresh. So the hundred days of movement is one challenge that I'm doing. And then just the other day I started a new challenge, but it's only a week and it was a, it's a, Oh, yep. There goes my video again. Fuck. I just don't think we're going to have a video this episode. Sorry guys. I mean, I don't know what's, I don't know. Maybe I'll turn it into a little clippy clip or something of 
like a commercial to put on my Instagram so you can see what I'm talking about. But I'm not, I can't fucking have three segments. I'm not Martin Scorsese over here trying to fucking cobble together a two hour masterpiece. I don't have that kind of, actually, who am I kidding? I do have have that kind of time, but it's going to be so gappy. It's very gappy that video. So fuck the video. Okay. So the other challenge I'm doing, um, got this idea from a post from a CrossFit athlete named Brooke Wells. And on Monday night, she just posted, I challenge you to do 1000 air squats by next Monday. So like seven days do in seven days, do a thousand body weight squats, air squats. And I'm like, that doesn't seem so bad, but it's like, if you divide it up evenly across seven days then it's 142 a day, which for seven days in a row is a lot of air squats, but that's what I'm, I'm doing that as well alongside my usual hundred days of movement challenge. So, um, so those are two things I'm starting with and I'm actually going to make, bring this, a version of these things to my virtual studio, uh, members. So, um, I'm thinking about like a certain number of minutes of a plank hold, you know, like do, I don't know, I haven't figured it out, but let's say like, you know, do an hour of plank holds across the next, like do what, do 60 minutes of a plank across the next five days or something like that. Um, or the squats one is really good. Push-ups is another one. Like how many assign a certain number of push-ups to do within a certain amount of time. Um, just stuff like that. And it can be anything, you know, it could be, you could do like a number of exercise minutes that you accomplish in a month or something, but just whatever it is, a different way to attach or quantify a goal to a healthy behavior. So for me, it's like, I'm doing a movement. I'm doing movement of 20 minutes or more every day. And I have 50 more days to go. And it's not like I'm going to stop doing movement when this is over, but just to be like, okay, what can I learn about these days when I don't, when I would otherwise do nothing and I actually go and do something like, what can I take from that going forward? I'll tell you right now what I'm going to take from this so far. And I'm only halfway through definitely going to go for more walks. I mean, it's nice. 20 minutes is not even that, that long. Um, so that's, that's, I like that. I think it's helpful too, to just do more recovery in general. So I'm just like learning for about myself. I enjoy that. And also, um, I'm going to do more of that. And, oh my God, you guys wait, I can't believe I didn't mention this earlier. Okay. At the end of 2018, no, sorry. Let's go back to 1994. This is important. I don't, not 1994 specifically, but me in elementary school. Okay. Um, I was never athletic ever, ever, ever. I never enjoyed getting sweaty until I, you know, started working out at an actual gym. I was around 16, I think when I started to do that. And even then I didn't really enjoy it. But like as a kid, as a kid in school, I never played a sport. Um, I don't know why I'm quantifying that as, as a kid in school in my entire life to this very fucking moment. I've never played a sport. Um, I hated PE. I hated the standard issue, oversized gray fucking nineties clip art sneaker clad fucking t-shirt we had to wear 
with whatever shorts. I forget the shorts. I don't remember if those were, we had to buy those too, but, but whatever. You get the fucking uniform. You had to change out. I had big old 36 C breastuses as an 11 year old. I fucking hated it. Changing in front of people. And then like, Oh my God, it was the worst. And then sweating or even before that in elementary school, when you didn't have a change of clothes and I would be wearing my finest limited to couture. Um, and I would have to like, like run the track and it would take me 20 minutes and I would be drenched in sweat because it's Houston fucking Texas. Um, and I had a spiral perm and I'm pale as fuck, uh, freckly pale, like, not, not chubby, but not skinny little girl just doesn't do well in phys ed. Okay. Uh, I fucking hated it. I, I would find every excuse in the book to get out of it. Do you know that in high school, I remember, I don't remember how many years of PE credit you had to have. I think it was, I think it was two um, and I think I did phys ed like one year, my freshman year, I did a version of PE or some shit. And then the final, the nail in the coffin for me with, with PE was I took, get this, <laughs> to get my PE credit to finish, to wipe out PE as a requirement in all of my schooling. Uh, I took bowling correspondence. That's right. I didn't even have to see anyone. I was like the fucking least amount of work with the least amount of human interaction. I had a booklet. I remember my mom would drive me to the bowling alley and, um, I can't remember if she would bowl or not. I don't think she did, but I had to like, you know, learn how to hold the ball. I had to learn where the, how the lane worked. I mean, honestly, it was educational. And to this day, I mean, like I'm a decent bowler and honestly, that was the most valuable lesson I ever got from PE was bowling correspondence. Listen, kids, if you want to figure out how to game the physical education system, it's not notes about your menstrual cycle. It's not being asthmatic, which of course I was, um, or a dermatologist note about your eczema flaring up from heat rash. I mean, I've done it all. The finest moment I've ever had in getting out of something is that bowling correspondence. It was great. I got to work out quote unquote in an air conditioned environment. I never had to deal with a fucking teacher screaming at me. Who's clearly 40 pounds heavy anyway and overweight anyway, and has no business telling me that I should run faster. So anyway, um, suffice it to say, I've never been a good runner between the fact that I never found that motivated, like had any motivation to be good at it in the first place. Uh, the fact that it's hot as shit here where I grew up and I wouldn't spend, I, I hated walking from the car at the parent drop off to get into the school. I hated that walk, let alone having to stand outside for an hour for PE. Um, I hated the clothes. I had the fucking giant boobs. Can you imagine? And I'm just like flopping around. It was a disaster. So I was never good at running. Um, and so fast forward now to 2018, I've been working out regularly at that point for three years. I've opened my studio. Like I find fitness very important. 
but I'm pretty much limiting my fitness to pure bar at this point. And I said to Kyle at a new year's Eve dinner or something, I was like, you know what? I'm just like talking out of my ass. I'm just saying words as I want to do. I just start talking and I'm like, you know what I'm going to do this year? I'm going to set a couple fitness goals for myself. I'm going to, I want to be able to do one strict pull up. I'm going to get my first pull up and I'm going to run a nine minute mile or like under a sub nine minute mile. That was my goal. Well, listen, I'll tell you this. I ran one time all of 2019. Like I did not prioritize it because it just, I just didn't, I just didn't prioritize it. The weather, the conditions had to be perfect because, you know, I don't want to, even though I don't mind to sweat when I'm working out, what I don't want to do is like go out for a run, a, a jog, if you will, trying to get to a certain time threshold and do it in 95 degree heat with a 100% chance of humidity and 0% chance of rain. That's just not my idea of a good time. That's actually my idea of a goddamn nightmare. Um, so I didn't work on it. I did go running once and I did not have like a great pair of running shoes because again, my fitness up to this point was just pure bar. We don't even wear shoes. So like I didn't have running shoes and I had a pair of some shoe. I forget what I was wearing, but like I was, I was running in these shoes that weren't great, um, and not doing anything really to condition myself for it. And so my, I was giving myself a horrible blister on my ankle on both my fucking feet. So, you know, I'm at probably like nine or nine and a half minutes in this like run. And I'm still, I've got like a quarter of a mile left or some shit. And I feel, and my feet are like getting ripped to shreds. I have this horrible blister. And so I think I walked for like, I don't know. I definitely walked a lot. I walked for a couple minutes. So then like my time was over 11 minutes and I was like, fuck this. I did, however, use the experience as a great excuse to just like buy a new pair of shoes. Um, so that was fun. I did buy some APLs, which a lot of people are like, Oh, you don't wear those for running. Cause I mean, they're, they're pricey and they're very cute, but I disagree. I think they're great for running, but whatever. Um, anyhow, I didn't run again until, so that would have been probably, that was like February or March of 2019. That was it. The one time. And then I didn't run again until last week. <laughs> last week was like the end of March, 2020. So we got a whole year span. And let me also say before the run I did last year, I had not run in years, years and years, maybe a decade maybe more. And even then I probably only ran on a treadmill. And even then I probably only ran in one minute sprints at a time. I read somewhere that that's what Jessica Simpson did to get ready for Daisy Duke or uh, the Dukes of Hazzard movie. And she would do one minute on one minute off sprints. So that's probably the last, and that would have been in God. I mean, I'm telling you, I up until even this week, Literally, in my entire life, I can probably count on two hands how many times I have run more than just a quick little jog, you know, from the front lobby of my studio to the back to go to the bathroom. Like, I can, it's, I don't do it. So, anyway, um, so last week it was beautiful. We were just having these beautiful, 
spring days felt like Northern California. Um, and I was like, you know what? I just want to go outside. Um, and I had already done like my workout for the day or whatever, but I was like, I just want to be outside. And I go outside and the weather's feeling great. And I'm like listening to some Doja Cat. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to fucking, let's just see, you know, like, let's just see no pressure. Well, y'all, I start running and in the words of Forrest Gump, I just felt like running. And I ran and I ran and I ran some more. And then all of a sudden I ran a mile and it was nine and a half minutes. And I mean, I know you're like, well, that's not a big deal because you wanted to do under nine minutes. And I know, bitch, I know what I said. And like, but I was proud of myself because again, I don't run, hadn't run at all. Nine and a half minutes for someone who has never run and also didn't do shit to work on it out of the blue one day because she goddamn felt like it. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. But it gets better. The next day, I was like, all right, that's not bad. Like, I wonder if I, maybe I just hoof it a little faster. Maybe I could get under nine minutes. Or maybe I could, like, shave off a little bit of that, that last 30 seconds. Um, so, again, I just felt like running. And, bitch... I did a mile and eight and a half minutes. And then for good measure, I did it again the next day. I just wanted to seem like, is this a fucking fluke? And I did it again. I did an eight and a half minute mile run. I couldn't shave off another minute from that. I think that was really, I've met my max capacity. Eight and a half minutes is my mile run time at this point. Um, But now, okay, so so like here's where I'm going back to what I was saying before, a challenge. Like it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a weight loss thing or inches. It can genuinely be performance. And I think that is so, so fucking key. Like someday, hopefully, you know, if you work on it enough and you're really serious, but someday you're going to, you're going to hit the goal for whatever your aesthetic goal is, whether it's, oh, I want to wear that dress. I, um, want to be a certain weight. I, and I really hope your goals are broader than weight because weight is such a fucking fucky one. And I went on a tear a couple weeks ago talking about it. Um, and I was like, Oh my God, like the scale hasn't changed. And like, I felt my feelings very hard that day. I regret nothing. I felt what I felt. I said what I said. I was embarrassing and it's fine. I'm an authentic bitch. So whatever you go back to episode 10, I think, And the first 30 minutes is me just wallowing in self-pity and horror um, and just embarrassment because of these horribly unflattering photos that I had seen of myself, which, by the way, after asking about seven close friends, um, I come to find out wildly misrepresentative and I don't need to be worried like I was. The woman used a wide angle lens on all of our portrait photos, which is a goddamn, like you should fucking be locked up for that. It is goddamn criminal. Um, so anyway, weight's not a good one, but if your weight is a goal and you work toward it and you reach it someday, the question is, well, then what? You know, I talk to a lot of women who they have weight loss goals. They have aesthetic goals. But that's kind of it. And this frustrating thing is a lot of women are not, a lot of people aren't really going to hit the goals that they have for themselves. Often because those goals take time and effort. And as we talked about at the top of the show, well, maybe not the top, but somewhere, you know, a lot of people aren't willing to put in the work. 
Like, even if they have the, the ability and the interest, they still don't make it happen. And it's because aesthetic goals can take some time. And also your aesthetic outcomes may not ever be what you determine your goal to be, right? Like if you're saying your aesthetic goal is like, well, I want to be a size two or whatever. Like you may not ever get to a size two, but maybe you get close or maybe you don't get to a size two at this one store, but you do in another, or maybe you fucking realize it doesn't fucking matter what the number is on your goddamn pants. It's irrelevant, right? Like there, that's a sliding scale. So it's like you get, fr- so a lot of people get frustrated because it's not exactly how they envisioned it. And so they're like, oh, fuck it. Right. There's that, that, that side of it. Or there's the other side of it, which is like, wow, you really hit that goal. You lost weight or you look amazing or like you, your, you know, blood pressure's gone down or whatever. Like your vitals are in better shape. Well, then what, you know, maintenance is a project too. And so if you get to that maintenance point, or even if you don't, Like you need to find different barometers for what goal, for what success is, you know, I heard something the other day. Oh fuck. I'm not going to, you know what? Hold on. I think I, I think I remember it. It was about expectations and success and all that shit. Hold on. Let me, um, try and find it. I think it's that guy, James clear. Let me see if I can find it and also continue to talk to fill the air um, do, 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 oh shit. All he does is post quotes. This one's going to be hard. Hold on. Mm, was it him? Maybe it was somebody else. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Anticipate, but don't expect. Anticipation. You're excited for what the future holds, but you don't try to control it expectation. You try to predict the future and restrict your happiness to one outcome. Always be excited about, about the possibilities. Never be entitled to them. Okay. That's not the one I was. (laughs) Okay. That's a good one, but I wasn't, that's not the one. I don't know. It was something about, I don't remember it, but basically the idea is like, you know, if you, if you determine what success is, you say success is this one thing. If you don't get that one thing, then you can easily talk yourself out of success. You can easily start to say, well, I did not succeed. I failed because I didn't achieve it this way. And I personally am very guilty of that. I am so, so very guilty of, of either not acknowledging the, the successes I've had or, um, being regretful because of a thing that didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, you know, and I deal with all kinds of severe control issues, TBD on why, and what the fuck is wrong with me? We'll never know. But you know, there was a, but the contrarian idea to that, or the, the contrasting view to that was success can be a lot of things. You don't, you never know, like just be open to things. I don't know the anticipated, I don't know where I'm going with this. It was, it was really good quote. I wish I could find it. Sorry that I can't. Hopefully that makes some sense to you. I don't fucking know, but back to, um, back to me, (laughs) back to me and my shit. Um, the idea of fitness for the goal only of aesthetics is a very narrow one. It's not a bad one. It is simply narrow. So I would tell you, I would recommend that you find new things that challenge you and excite you 
that are more performance related or um, achievement oriented than physical or like aesthetic is what I mean. So for me, it's this movement challenge. For me, it's the squat challenge. You know, I might do a plank challenge, like I talked about before, minutes of exercise, you know, something, but like, or, or, or try, I'm going to actually, I really am going to now try and shave off a little more of my runtime, you know, or maybe I'm going to work on sprints. Pull-ups are what I'm still working on, by the way. I started working on pull-ups like end of 2019. At least I got a little earlier start on it, but now that like everything's shut down, the gym where I've been going to like actually use a pull-up bar to work on that, they're closed and I don't have a pull-up bar at home. Um, so I'm going to need to find some new options for how to continue to work on building that skill without actually having the thing. Never ideal to try and get good at one thing by doing something that's not that thing, but um, I don't want to lose the progress I've made on those pull-ups. But regardless, like that's still one that I'm working on, you know? And then after that, I'm going to be working on, well, I don't know. There's a lot of things I want to work on, but like double unders, another type of like a jump rope style. I can't fucking do a double under, but that doesn't mean I will never be able to do one. I just am not capable of doing one yet. So like, that's another thing I want to do. Um, there's just all kinds of shit that I'm excited about getting, becoming capable of doing, or maybe getting stronger at or faster at or whatever more conditioned for that I can't do right now, but only because I just haven't worked on them. Um, and that's the stuff that gets me really excited about my workouts. You know, it's not like, oh, I just want to, you know, burn 400 calories today. Like fine, but that's not, that's not enough. Like on the days where you don't, well then what? You just think your workout was worthless. Like that's not cool. I don't know. So I don't know. I'm just trying to give you some new ideas to think about your fitness, your health, um, staying excited, finding routines or you know, things that you just, you know, get excited for. I don't know. How many times can I say, I don't know in a row before you unsubscribe <laughs> to this podcast? Um, so yeah, that was the big thing. I was mostly just hoping to talk to y'all about what's getting me motivated, um, in general about my fitness and my health, new benchmarks that you can think about and work toward. Um, just a little fresh take on your fit and ass. <sighs> isn't it amazing how long I can talk to myself? Like I'm telling you when I say I am thriving in isolation, I am not exaggerating. I think that honestly, I think being an only child has made me best, better prepared for like apocalyptic conditions than people with siblings. I really do. I'm a loner, Dottie. Or in the words of Greta Garbo, I want to be alone. Like, I just, I do this well. Oh, you know what? Speaking of Germans, um, I've been watching Making the Cut on uh, Amazon. I think, I think I talked about it last week. Okay. If you loved Project Runway back in the early aughts, then you're going to really like making the cut. Um, it is basically a reboot of Project Runway with Heidi Klum, um, Tim Gunn. They have all new judges, but I think these judges are far better than the other ones ever were. Um, they are not doing guest judges, though, I just realized. But, okay, so they have this. So on the panel of judges, it's obviously Heidi Klum. It's um, Naomi Campbell, who is 
a fucking gift from the fashion gods. Like, why Naomi Campbell has not done more reality television? It's a goddamn shame and a travesty, but I'm so glad that we're turning the corner now. She is such, she is an icon and a legend. We don't deserve her, but we do. And she is making that show, she is making, making the cut, you know, in my opinion. She's a fantastic judge. She, she is turning looks. Ugh, she looks incredible. She looks incredible. She's as bitchy as ever, but you also see her soft side. So Naomi Campbell's a judge. Nicole Richie is a judge who I have also always been a huge fan of. Simple Life. I've watched every goddamn episode of Simple Life. Um, I even survived the season when she and Paris were not working together. And that was really, really hard on me um, because I just feel like they are, you know, they're soulmates. And I really, I don't know what's going on with them anymore. It seems so weird. Like they were so close and then they weren't. And then like, they kind of drifted apart. And I don't know. I don't know what their life is like anymore. I would love to know. I feel like I am their third friend that they don't know about. And I don't give a fuck what that says about me, frankly, because I think what it says about me is that I'm hilarious and fashion forward and always, always on the cutting edge of fashion. So, so Nicole Richie's the judge. And then, uh, um, all the guy, is it Altazora or is it, what, is that it? The guy who, whatever, some fashion designer guy. He's fine. He's not great. And then the woman that is basically the French or no, Italian on a winter, the editor in chief of one of those editions of Vogue. I do not care for this woman. I mean, she's, she seems tepid at best. Um, but mostly she's got caterpillars on her face, um, which I presume are her eyebrows but it's really hard for me to know for sure because they just look terrible. And look, I love a bushy brow. I am actively putting eyebrow and eyelash growth serum on my brows like four times a day because I want bushier, thicker brows. It's just the way she is styling them, the pencil or brow gel she is using to tame them, something is askew. And not particularly a vogue. So I don't get that woman. But that's your lineup of judges. Um, what's most interesting to me, though, about this this episode, or this, this reboot, if you will, is that, well, a couple things. Tim Gunn gets to stay in the room during the designer critiques from the judges. Like in the past, you didn't see Tim when they did the runway show or the critiques. Um, and often sometimes Tim would give them advice that the judges did not fucking like, you know, or vice versa. So I just think it's important to like close the loop on that. It, he can be a better mentor. He can be a better Tim gun. If he is out there on the, on the runway to hear in the moment what the judges are fucking saying, you know? So, cause if he's like, Oh, I don't like that cobalt blue next to that canary yellow, make it work, you know? But then like Naomi Campbell's like, I just love that blue and that canary yellow. You're making me sing like a fucking canary. Then he'll know next time. Like maybe that's not great advice. Do you know what I mean? How are my impressions by the way? I think, I think they're pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. So Tim Gunn gets to be there. That's great. And then the other thing that I like about the show, this this time around is the fashion shows 
are lit as fuck. I mean, they are sparing no expense to make them real shows, real productions, which is really something that we have seen happen and evolve um, through fashion design and presentation over the last couple of decades. Like, it's not just your standard runway anymore. You'll see them in the round. You'll see them not even doing a walk, but instead kind of like a presentation where models are just standing in certain spots and then like kind of like actual mannequins and you go and walk through. Says me, someone who's literally never been to a fashion show, I've just seen a lot of shit on TV and social meets. So they're doing stuff like that, which is cool. But what I think is most interesting is... Even though, so it is a design challenge, okay? And I think that's important to to be cognizant of. Um, This time around, at the end of the day, they close up shop and they have seamstresses who come in and actually execute, like, the, the sewing part of the challenge. I mean, these designers do sew during the day. A lot of them do. Um... But oh, mostly it's like a goddamn Cinderella uh, uh, situation where at night the birds and the mice and all the little creatures come in and they fucking make her dress for her. That's basically how it works on this show. So it really is focusing on design. But of course, you know, a smart contestant on the show is going to be capable of sewing just as much as they are designing. But I do find it very interesting because this season, some of their very strong designers don't know how to sew. They had one woman who I am a big fan of. I told you about her before. I think Martha, her line is Newburn. I've been following her for years. She designs with such like originality. She really does have a unique aesthetic it's bold. It's colorful. It's not your typical uh, project runway designer aesthetic. That's like all fucking black, like gag me with a black spoon. It's just so boring. I'm not, a, I don't dress in all black. I, I mean, I own black. Don't get me wrong, but it's just not like, I'm not that bitch where if I wear black, people think something, someone's dead, you know, cause I'm just a very colorful person. And that's what this new burn line is all about. So anyway, I've been, was very excited to see her. Um, I mean, spoiler alert, just in case you want to watch it and you don't want to know what happens. She doesn't make it past the second episode because bitch does not. sew, and like, that would be me on the show. She's very likable. She's very cute and sweet, but ultimately she, in the last challenge, literally pinned fabric onto her model because she didn't do anything and you can't do that. That's not design. Um, so she was out. Um, sadly not making the reboot is Heidi Klum's signature phrase. Alvita saying, uh, she just says, you are not making the cut and her like mostly American accent, but sometimes you hear a little twinge of German. Heidi Klum looks fucking amazing. I hate her so much. I hate her because I love her. You know, I hate her because I want to be her. She looks incredible. She looks incredible. They all look incredible. Well, everyone except for caterpillar brows, but we've talked about her. Tim Gunn looks the same. Tim Gunn took up fencing, apparently. God, he's so cute and precious. So I do recommend giving that a watch. It's entertaining. I think it's, um, I'm not, I'll say, I, I don't feel like, aside from Newburn, who's already gone, no one there is impressing me yet with their design. There's not like a Christian Siriano, you know what I mean? There's no one who immediately you're like, oh shit, I, w- I would wear every single thing that you make. So maybe this won't be the season where we have the great next designer. Um, but if it comes back, it will be interesting to see what happens. Um, 
but that's just a little light fluff for you to end to, to round it out. Uh, oh, one more thing I'm going to say to you that you just need to know about is if you don't follow me on Instagram, you're not like privy to this, or if you don't watch my stories, you don't know what the fuck this is about. If you're trying to do some mani manicures and pedicures at home and you don't have the patience to let the nail polish properly dry because who the fuck does and or um, you like what I'm going where I'm going is I recommend strongly that if you are trying to do your own at home manicures or pedicures you've got to buy yourself the Deborah Lipman Gel Lab top coat base coat set. It is not gel polish. Okay. It's just called gel lab. It's kind of, I guess like just the way she's marketing it or something. So it's a top coat and a base coat. The base coat is like, whatever the fuck, who gives a shit, but you are buying this set because of the top coat. The top coat goes on top of your nail polish, regular nail polish, and it dries almost fucking instantly. And it is not marketed as an instant dry polish. So I don't really understand how it works, but it just it fucking does. It dries your polish so fast. Like there are, I have on many occasions done my nails at nighttime. I'm like in bed doing nail polish. And then I put the fucking top coat on and then go to sleep within like 20 minutes. And I wake up and my nails are glossy. Whereas if I use just even other instant dry top coats, if I tried to pull that shit, I would have nail polish smudged all over the goddamn pillows. I would have those little tiny hair like lines embedded in the polish. You know what I'm talking about? Where it, like it just gets all textured and shit. And you're even that little like, per, like that little tiny polka dot looking thing. And you're like, why? I thought they were dry. They felt tough. No, you need the gel lab base coat, top coat. You can only buy it as a set. I know it's so annoying. You will run out of that top coat well before you ever even crack open the base. I mean, just throw the base coat away. Who gives a shit? But the top coat, it is a game changer. Um, so there you go. That's it. That's all. That's everything. That's right, bitches. Now, listen, if you liked this show and even if you didn't, it's up to you. It's a free country. And also I'll, I'll add, not all the episodes are great. <laughs> this one is eh, This is probably a five, you know, they're not all winners. So either way, if you liked it or you didn't, maybe just tell a friend that it's, that it exists. You would say, Hey, Hey, you suck at your nails. You got to listen to this episode. She's got a hot tip for you or whatever, but just tell a friend about it. Hit the subscribe button. Um, love, love, love. When you guys leave a five-star review. So nice. Super duper love. When you leave a review, like an actual written review, that's fun. I mean, so far they've all been pretty good. It'd be fun someday to get a really bad one. Not because like I'm inviting criticism, but at the same time, I, I'm experienced enough to know that that's when, you know, that's when you know you've made it. So just leave a review, rate, rate, review, subscribe, like, I don't know what the fuck you're supposed to do here. Um, but do it all, do it all. Or how about don't do any of it? Cause life's hard enough right now, but I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Um, and until next time, bye. Bye.